Rural communities and rural hospitals benefit from having strong partners at the local, state, and federal level supporting their goals so they can thrive in today's environment. So, how do agencies like the United States Department of Agriculture support rural hospitals and promote their survival? With special programs, quality representation, and a vision for rural prosperity. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm J.J. Hodshire. And this is Rural Health Rising. Welcome to Episode 105 of Rural Health Rising. I'm J.J. Hodshire, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hillsdale Hospital. And I'm Rachel Lott, Chief Communications Officer. All right, Rachel, our guest today, I'm excited, uh, someone who has certainly dedicated himself to helping America and helping places like Hillsdale Hospital and in rural communities across the state of Michigan. Uh, And I'm excited to be able to have this interview today because we have been in partnership with the USDA and to have the state director in our studio. Yes. Pretty impressive. I'm excited. Yes. We are talking with someone today who works with rural communities on a daily basis and also intimately understands the value of sustainable health care in those communities. That's right, Rachel. Our guest today is Brandon Fewens, state director for rural development, at the United States Department of Agriculture. Welcome to Rural Health Rising. Well, it's absolutely a pleasure to be here today. And we just got done doing a quick tour of the hospital and just coming away extremely impressed with what everyone here at Hillsdale is is doing. Well, a lot of that is uh, because of what you've done. And we'll Mm -hmm. talk about that in a few minutes. Yeah, we will. But to start, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and your work at USDA? Yeah, well, thank you. I've been with the agency for about 18 months now. And, oh, the uh, new guy. The new guy on <laughs> the block. That's right. You know, I'm very fortunate to have a great team to keep me That's on right. a straight and narrow here. Yeah. But uh, And state directors are appointed by the president We of the are States, appointed right? by the president, yeah. And Can, uh, can, you, can, can you talk a little bit about yeah, that well, process? Well, first of all, it's obviously a very humbling process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's also um, a, a time when you kind of open up the closet door and you, yeah. you through all the vetting and you allow yeah. people mm-hmm. in just to see what your background's all about. Right. And it's the same thing with your spouse as well. They go yeah. through it step by step with you. And at the same so time- So is that like the FBI? Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not to that level, right, but right. it is a pretty intensive process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a secretive process. Yeah. We basically, you know, we didn't tell our, any of our family what was going on wow. and whatnot. Uh, and it's, it's over a long time period. So there's yeah. a lot of like kind of action and then you're waiting and waiting and then you're getting action asked and to and do waiting. something mm-hmm. else yeah. and you do yeah. that but uh like i said it's a very humbling process and did uh, you meet the president i, I the have process? had the opportunity to meet wow. the pro- president um once again um it's just um it's hard to put into words yeah. what yeah. it feels like when you're meeting a president of the united states oh, yeah. of america mm-hmm. i mean uh so very very did he come to traverse being, city or did you go to him um uh, <laughs> Two years ago, he was up in uh, northern Michigan. Northern, yeah. Yeah, and at the time, I was working for Senator Debbie Stabenow. Oh, that's who I right. Worked I forgot with for, about that. For 20 years. That's right. And uh, and so then we got to have a, a conversation between the three of us. Yeah. And, you know, it happened to lead towards uh, this position. Wow. So just uh, very fortunate. That's and, amazing. Uh, Congratulations. Very, well, thank you. Very, thank you. Very and humbling, I'm sure. It is. And it is. And I just, you know, I owe a great deal of gratitude to my former boss as well yeah. as far as opening up yeah. some doors for me. So very fortunate. Yeah. So that's the journey there. But beyond that, I mean, what did you do prior to, to taking this on? Yeah, well, it was a kind of a perfect transition because in my role working for Senator Stabenow, you know, I, I was her eyes and ears for northern lower Michigan, so okay. a 27-county area. And I really got to know USDA programs, 
just due to the nature and the makeup of that region, right? It's a Mm -hmm. very rural part of our state. And so I got to know a lot of the staff, the programs, and it really allowed me the opportunity to hit the ground running uh, with this transition. So as a uh, appointee of the administration, I feel it kind of gave me a lug up with my background getting into this new role. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, on every program, we ask a question. And the question we ask is, why? And um, everybody has a unique why. You know, why are they here? Why do they do what they do? And so this gives us an opportunity to really allow our listeners, as well as ourselves, to get to know you just a little bit better. So I want to know, what is your why? What motivates you? What gets you up out of bed in the morning to do the things that you do each and every day? Yeah, you know, a lot of times we do a, kind of like a 90-second little sound bite at different ribbon cuttings and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes I have like a little line that I say, and and, and you can kind of laugh at it a little bit, but it's really true. You know, I, I talk about, um, you know, friends helping friends, neighbors helping neighbors, and strangers yeah. helping strangers. Yeah. And, and, and I mean that. Um, I think in this day and age, we don't give each other enough grace uh, just in general. And in this role, and for every person on our Michigan Rural Development Team, we have the ability to impact the lives of other individuals. Yeah. And, and that's not only is it cool, I mean, that's pretty profound, but it's also a responsibility, right? It's a responsibility that we have to, to move forward with our programs to help other communities and those individuals that reside there while being a good steward of the public resources. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In this pay- case, taxpayer dollars. Right, right. That's, that's really my why is the fact that I can get up every day and in some small way make an impact, a positive impact on the life of another human. Yeah. And, and like today when you had an opportunity to tour our facility, you do see the lives that you've impacted, right? You saw the wheelchairs. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see that? Yes, absolutely. Those are people who we don't know where they would be. Right. Had we mm-hmm. not provided this facility right. here in Hillsdale. And, and having the opportunity to walk through that skilled nursing facility. It's humbling. It is. And uh, you see the looks on their faces yeah. that they, you know, they have a place, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. that in the future we will have a place That's because right. at the end of the day, all three of us, you know, yeah. we're going to be in the same situation. We're yeah. going right. to be, you know, hopefully yeah. in, a, in a facility that's taking care of us, that we're fed and, yeah. and making sure that uh, we're being looked after. And that's, you know, comes through walking through uh, the, the facility today. Yeah. Absolutely. So, all right, USDA. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So <laughs> when, when I, uh, I've been in previous roles, I've served in education and in, in uh, government, uh, law enforcement executive. And so when I came here, and uh, one of our friends said, well, you know, the USD has money for certain projects. And I said, well, I, I don't think we need any meat, you know, and <laughs> because typically people think USDA is regulating food. Yeah. Right. Honestly, that's mm-hmm. what you think about. Mm-hmm. I had someone tell me today when I said, you know, we have the state director of the USDA. Are they coming for the kitchen? I'm like, <laughs> no, they're not coming for the kitchen today. This is, you know, they don't understand the depth. of the work that the USDA does. And so I guess what I want to know for our audience, so we have individuals listening from throughout this country who also have state directors, right? Every state has a director. And every state has access to USDA and to rural development. Is that correct? Every state? So every state has a rural division. Yeah. Okay. So help us understand a little bit about what does rural development do and what is the depth 
of USDA? Yeah, well, a little 101 here, right? So everyone's familiar with, you know, the Department of Agriculture, Mm -hmm. but it's made up a lot of sub-agencies. And most federal agencies really are made up of sub-agencies. Rural development happens to be one of those. And I get that question all the time. It's like from family and friends even. Well, do you spend a lot of time on the farms? Yeah. Sometimes I wish I was. Yeah, right, (laughs) right, exactly. That sounds good, especially in the summertime. But the reality is... Rural development is the economic development arm for rural America in rural Michigan. Mm -hmm. And if you look at part of our mission statement, it says committed to helping improve the economy and quality of life in rural America. That's what we're about. Now, how do we do that? Ultimately, we're a lending institution. So we do a combination of loans and grants. Now, the grant portion is a, a smart Small part of our portfolio. Yeah. I always got to emphasize that. Yeah, right? it really is. Right? It, it really it's is. It's like five percent yeah. or something crazy. It is. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's a small it's percent. A small, it is. Um, so we're a lending institution, and we do that for a variety of ways. We can do uh, direct loans. We can do loan guarantees, and we do some grants. Uh, and you know that leads to well, what kind of impact does that really mean, right? Mm-hmm. And last year, fiscal year twenty two, we set a record in Michigan. Uh, and we came in at about $1.28 billion worth of investment to the state of Michigan. Wow. B with billion. Yes. Wow. So that is our taxpayer dollars coming back to rural Michigan. Wow. I think that mm-hmm. people in rural Michigan and rural America know how to stretch a dollar. And uh, we're making those investments. And it's really kind of happened for two reasons. First and foremost, I really do have a great team. Uh, you know, I have a team of public servants that are just absolutely committed to our mission. They live it. They breathe it. This would not happen without any of them. So I just want to give a good shout out yeah, to my team. Yeah, great yeah. team. You know, the second thing, though, is right now we are in time of historic investments. And mm-hmm. the administration has made it a priority to invest into domestic policies and programs. And that has really helped infuse rural development with extra dollars to get out on the ground. And, and that's mm-hmm. what we're doing right yeah, now. Yeah. And clearly making a significant impact, billion. Yeah. I mean, that's just incredible about what you're able to move around in the state. So let's talk. A, can I drill down just a little bit? Yeah, into there? please. So you're, you're helping a wide variety with this billion dollars. It's do you help schools? Do you help? Is it any? Is it open to anybody? I guess. Well, you know, we really do have the capability to help communities, rural communities, build from the ground All up. Right. So, what Regardless. does that mean, right? Regardless, uh, one of my biggest challenges as state director is that we have so many different programs. It's our greatest asset and our greatest challenge, right? Right. right. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. What are all the programs under rural development? Uh, right. Because it's not like you do one thing. I mean, no. you've got a massive umbrella. No, and just to give you a little bit of flavor, and that's just. Just a, a little flavor. Yeah. Uh, we have housing programs. So we can help uh, families uh, uh, purchase a home or mm. do a, uh, a guarantee for a home. We have multifamily housing programs. Wow. Uh, we have a whole array of programs that are dedicated to businesses. Uh, we do a lot of guarantees. So in this situation, the lender actually becomes our customer. Mm. We provide a guarantee. And then they move forward with that loan. Now the loan still got to be a good loan that makes yeah. sense, right? Right, right. But you but know, the lender has. I mean, you you are you're a good. So if I'm going to loan money. 
do I want to loan it to you or do I want to loan it to someone that I don't know necessarily has a backing? You you have some good backing, right? Well, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's, it's the, the backing of the federal government, right? Yeah. So, you know, we can give a, a high like guarantee. Would like it, yes. And, that, and it allows deals to go through that might have died on the vine, right? Yeah. So once again, mm-hmm. through an economic development lens, we're promoting that. And uh, the, the reality is, is that, you know, after 08 with a big crash, credit markets tightened up, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's when I think this program really came to the forefront as, mm-hmm. a, as a resource uh, for lenders and businesses mm-hmm. trying to make sure a deal mm-hmm. comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have something like that. We have a, a smaller program, business program, uh, where it's called our, called our Intermediary Relending Program. So we provide, uh, and we just did this with Venture North out of Traverse City that covers the 10-county area. million-dollar Infusion of cash. They take that. They loan it out to small, and I mean small, mom-and-pop businesses, right? These are the mom-and-pop businesses that have two or three employees. Right. You know, Opening get, a storefront Right. Somewhere. It might be a $20,000 yeah. loan, but it's a bridge loan that helps them get by. So yeah. even on a very small-scale level, we have the ability to help out businesses. Yeah. And then we help out uh, municipalities. So uh, let's go – before we talk about yeah. municipalities, let's go back to the individual. Yeah. So the small mom-and-pop shop. Uh, you give them twenty, thirty thousand, whatever it is. Well, it, it would be through the the, the local bank, right? The, well, like a, the, yes, a CDFI, okay. uh, You know, a community development financial okay. institution. All right. All right. So they're the intermediary, okay? Right, mm-hmm. and and we're allowing them to have the control and the decision making. Yeah. Once again, local decision making, which is key with our agency. Mm-hmm. We don't want to come in and make the decisions. For the community. In fact, True. just the opposite. We want to know what the community needs are. That's and then we're trying to line up resources to help them. That's great. But it's got to be locally driven. It's got to be local yeah. decisions. They're the ones doing that. Yeah. They know their community partners. They mm-hmm. know the business community. Sure. In, in what's working and what's not working. And, and we don't want to fill that room. Yeah. So so the benefit to the borrower, so I'm, I'm mom and pop. Is do is it a reduction in the percentage? It's, it's is access it, to capital. So it's access to capital. What which would be different than going to a bank? Because why? Because you're backing it. Well, y- yes. Uh, well, in this situation, um, the CDFI is is making the determination. We're not. So we've we've given them the loans. We're allowing them the decision making. Whereas a traditional financial institution may just not be willing to make that deal. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and too it might risky. not too risky. Might be too risky. It might be even something that they're not very interested in. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's or not too worth, small. That, yeah. That's where I was going with this, Rachel. Yeah. It's, it's such a small amount. Yeah. They don't want to spend their resources on that. They right. got you know they got the bigger fish to fry, right. so to right. speak. Right. Right. So that that would be beneficial in those rural communities. And so oh, um, I think our actually our economic development partnership here in Hillsdale EDP has been that person before to get some some local funds back. Yep. So. So let's go back to municipalities. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how they are funded. Yeah, and you know, water and sewer is a pretty big deal ah, for every community. Mm-hmm. You know, true. there's not a community throughout Michigan. I travel throughout the state all the time yep. that couldn't need upgrades or or even a new system in place. True. Right? I mean, we have communities that still have wood water lines, water mains. Wow. Yeah, it, it's hard to really? believe. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And so wow. replacing water mains or a new sewer system. And my wife kind of laughs at me, you know, because I'm like, that's bread and butter to me. I love these programs. And she's like, uh, what are you talking about? You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> but, but you know, th- this is essential building blocks for every community, right? You're talking yeah. the most basic infrastructure. Uh, we have loans for uh, for essential services. Uh, you know, it could be for first responders, could be for that, uh, the local library, could be playground equipment. Um, the list goes on and yeah. on. And lastly, I would just say we do have a lot of different uh, programs that are geared towards uh, broadband expansion. There is that, yeah. Yeah, the mm-hmm. telecommunications part, uh, uh, the electrification, and, um, you know, telemedicine, distance learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, probably at any given time, depending on the mood of Congress, have about 50 programs yeah. plus that are out wow. there to, to tap into and yeah. take advantage. So that's just a quick flavor of them. All right. So funding, let's yeah. just talk a little bit about that. So you, um, do you go to Washington lobby or is that done? At no, a in fact, uh, that's You're a big no. To, I am right? not allowed to. You're not no, allowed to. No. So you cannot See, do JJ's that. trying to get me in trouble. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, cl- I'm trying to <laughs> clarify. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's a great question. Yeah. We do not. Now, um, you know, we get asked by the members of the congressional delegation right. about our programs. Yeah. Um, and they might ask us, hey, what's working, what's not working? We we do not advocate, right. you know, we do not lobby or anything like and there's that. there's an appropriate wall there. Absolutely, for good reason, yeah. too. Yeah. So, you know, end of the day, you know, it's up to Congress to decide, yeah. you know, how the programs, what they're going to look like, how to fund them, at what levels yeah. to fund them. And then we carry out congressional intent right. along with the administration's priorities. Right. Um, and that's, that's you know, how, how yeah. our agency, and frankly, and I would assume operates. the federal director goes and that's his or her well, we, job. Well, so we have an undersecretary, right? right? right. And, uh, you know, so she's uh, in charge of the agency. Yeah. Uh, and that's undersecretary yeah. uh, Torres Small. Okay. And so she will go and testify before both the House committees and Senate committees. Right. Usually it's the House Ag yeah. Committee and the Senate Ag Committee. Mm-hmm. And, and she'll testify and she'll talk about the needs of the right. agency and once again, what's working. So she is the person that directly communicates with Congress. We have a lot of congressional inquiries about yeah. specific programs. Projects, yeah. and that's really where the state director comes in, is to give an update on a certain project. Yeah. Uh, you know what what that status is of that project, and what's happening, just to give a little clarification yeah. to that concerned uh, congressional member. I can't imagine the volume of calls or messages you get from a congressional leader uh, saying, "Hey." You know, I have a constituent who has this need. What can you do about it? You probably have to just be inundated with those. Yeah, uh, you, you, we are. Um, you know, it's, it's all part of the. It is. It's all part of the the coordination and cooperation. At the end of the day, yeah. right? I mean, their job as an elected official is tried to facilitate the needs of their communities to the appropriate agencies. Well, that's where I come in, yeah. and so we actually encourage that. We we want that. Uh, coordination and, and making sure that if there's an area that we can assist that we're helping. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, it's not just about our programs. You know, I'm, uh, I talk a lot with my staff about the the need to be aware of our other federal agencies and mm-hmm. their programs, along with our state partners as well. Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, any type of, of a project if it's really going to come to fruition, it's going to be a collaboration. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to have the local stakeholders. Sure. 
And you're going to have federal and state counterparts with that. Yeah. So we have to be working together. We have to be pulling in each other. Uh, if I can pull in another federal agency or a state to make a project happen, even if we're not directly involved, that's still a win for the community. It is. Right, and right. that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, what's exciting is um, we we have partnered with you in the past and in the USDA, and we have brought on other partners, um, Ronald McDonald Foundation, um, you know, individual uh, contributions from community leaders, and then the USDA uh, funding a portion of it. And uh, I give an example of that when we were touring our obstetrics unit and we had a fetal monitoring system, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars that we would not have been able to purchase Mm -hmm. had it not been for the USDA, but also partners, you know, with the Ronald McDonald Foundation. And we have worked in consort with, you know, the local EDP to apply for certain funds that come out of the USDA and other federal programs. And it's always great when you see the federal government working and working together Mm -hmm. to try to benefit a community, because I may be able to get 20% funding from you and 20% funding from over here and 20 Mm -hmm. over here. And pretty soon then you have a project that's You have a deal that can actually get done. Yeah. 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 All right, Director Fuens, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Rural healthcare in Michigan. Uh, there's some challenging times. Big challenges, uh, for, yes. And, and we've had the chance uh, at your office in Lansing to discuss about the matters that are impacting and the challenges, rural health, and really, for that respect, all healthcare, mm-hmm. really right now. Um, and and there is a significant need in our rural communities to ensure that our community is healthy. And, and that is an important aspect of having a vibrant community. Uh, whether it's looking at your downtown business development or if it's looking at your farming community, having a healthy community that can contribute to the economy is very important. One of the things uh, that, you know, I want to ask you today is the relationship that the USDA plays with healthcare. And and, And because you're a rural office, I would assume you're open to everybody in healthcare. It's not just if you're only in a rural spot. Well, and, and that's a good question just to clarify before we hop in to rural development's connection with healthcare. So all of our programs is not a one-size-fit-all. Our different mm-hmm. programs have different population limits depending upon the community size. And that's why it's important to really uh, give us a call uh, to look look our different field offices up, come in and sit down and, and share your situation with our team. And then we mm-hmm. can match you up mm-hmm. with different programs that may work. But mm-hmm. it is not a one-size-fit-all. Right. Some of our population limits for our water and sewer are at 10,000. Okay. Our community facilities, 20,000. Our business programs are at 50,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to realize that. But as far as our interface with, with health care, you know, I, I feel like, and the agency believes that we can be we can be a partner and, and play a small role. Um, there's different ways that we can do that. We can do that on the very, very front end with our first responders. Mm-hmm. Uh, with our limited grant dollars, we fund a lot of first responder equipment, like Jaws mm-hmm. of Life, for example. That's true. I've seen uh, new patrol vehicles, yeah. ambulances. Yeah. So mm-hmm. at the very moment, you know that healthcare. You're right. Comes into play. Yeah. Services. You're there. We're right. there. We can that's, help that's a great, with that. That's a great. Um, and then looking at, okay, well, let's, what's, was that transition, right? So you, so you arrive to the health, hospital and, uh, you know, you're going to arrive in the emergency room. And as you know, that over time you have to upgrade your emergency yeah. room. Yeah. Well, we can help fund the financing to upgrade the emergency room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we work with a lot of different systems. Right now we're in conversations with one system looking at a, a construction project that's going to be north of 50 to $55 million. Wow. Big, big project. Now, 
we're going to have a lot of eyes on that, right? Project yeah. that size, yeah. it's, you know, that's not done very quickly overnight. No. No. Have a lot of eyes looking at it. But it's exciting because here we are having a chance to really come through for a hospital with a construction project. And uh, if you're all right with me going into this, Please. I know yeah. that, that you guys Absolutely. Have, have worked with us and tapped into yeah. that very same program. $22 million. $22 million, which is— Three uh, years later. <laughs> <laughs> right, which is a, a very large project yeah. in of yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we can provide a lower market rate. Yeah. So it makes it a little bit more economically viable. Uh, a lot of times we can amortize out to 40 years. Yep. So once that again, you know, make that a little bit easier of a payment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were joking about it earlier today about the paperwork involved. <laughs> and and there's always any time dealing with the federal government – you're going to get flooded with paperwork. Yeah. That's the nature of the beast. But our team really does, I think, an extraordinary job of helping our customers through that process and really kind of taking them hand in hand and walking through it. So many places, organizations, municipalities, you can go on and on. They don't have a whole lot of uh, capacity as far as people power to spend on it. They might not have the technical experience from doing it uh, previously. Mm-hmm. And so we really try to, to help provide and fill that role. And, and uh, you know, just to throw it back to the two of you, uh, JJ and Rachel, yeah. well, what was your experience like working yeah. with our agency? Well, you know, I was uh, involved at the ground floor of this. And I will tell you to work with your team. Um, it, it was incredible. So my, my first introduction was getting the loan through, which was literally because of a lot of factors it, it did take a few years. Um, and that was some on our part, some on the certificate of need process in the state of Michigan to go through that, to actually get the beds that we wanted to build. Uh, all of that came together very quickly, but then we had a little thing called, you know, the stock market crash. And, <laughs> and, uh, as a result of that, we had to weigh our cost and say, you know, is this worth it right now? So there was a little bit of delay. But throughout that whole process, the USDA stuck with us. They were very, very friendly towards us. But what we received was whenever we had a question, they gave us an answer. It wasn't following a bunch of bureaucracy, Mm -hmm. truly. It was like, you know what? That's a great question. We haven't experienced that yet, but we're going to get you an answer. The accessibility, I think, is huge. Yeah. Truly. And, and, And we've experienced that on all levels. So we get the building built, right? We go through this long process to restructure everything at this hospital to do that. USDA is right at the table with us every step of the way, working with our third-party advisors. Uh, We had a third-party administrator. We had a consulting group. We had like five different entities, including our attorneys, all render, who are all making sure it was all legitimate, right? And your team was tasked with what they described at that time as one of the largest Mm-hmm. Uh, acquisitions that they have dealt with in order to get the loan through for a hospital. And it was it was an incredible experience that we had. Then I will just say, all right, fast dial ahead. We actually worked with the state director personally uh, for him to give us about a $50,000 grant. It wasn't a loan, but he found 50000 for us that went to purchase this fetal monitoring system and this is the beauty of it. We invited Mr. Turner here, uh, Director Turner, and he was in the obstetrics unit that he had signed the paperwork on to get us the $22 million to make this project work on a day in which it was a ceremonial day because it was two years after we had just built the unit and had been approved for the loan to give us another check of $50,000 to dedicate this fetal monitoring system. So to say good partners is an understatement. Great partners would be more accurate. And mm-hmm. and just when I have ever emailed Haley, Mary, whoever it is, constant 
communication with them on email. So and I would fast. encourage, I mean, and it's it is quick. Responses. It is quick. It's not like traditionally we've experienced with other agencies, um, but it is <laughs> quick. And we have been very fortunate. I feel to have a relationship as as great as it has been with the USDA. And I think Rachel. Oh yeah, you would echo yeah. The same. I, I think it. What has surprised me pleasantly about the USDA is that. It does not fit that stereotype of bungling bureaucracy. No, you know, it doesn't feel like you are slogging through a marsh to try to get something done or get a question answered with USDA. I mean, you guys are accessible, you're quick, and you're easy to work with. And again, kind of like you said, you really work to walk us through every step of the way so that we don't feel like we're just trying to figure it Absolutely. out and like fumbling around in the dark. Yeah, you know, I appreciate hearing that feedback. And once again, you know, customer service is, is a priority of the agency. Um, it the, shows. The, the, the follow-up, I does. mean, we really strive to try to get back to somebody within, you know, 48 hours. And and the team just does such a great job with that. Do. So phenomenal yeah. job. Yeah. Let's for those um, switch gears a little bit yeah. and talk about um, – one of your recent projects. Yeah. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yep. We know mental health care is a challenge for communities of all sizes right now, uh, including rural. Many behavioral health units have closed over the years, especially rural. Um, margins just get slimmer and slimmer and hospitals can't afford to keep them open or they get purchased by a system that sees that service line independently as losing money and doesn't want to take the hit. Um, so Access to mental health care is a huge challenge, huge. both inpatient and yep. outpatient. Uh, but you just did a ribbon cutting for a community mental health center, right? Yeah, yeah. We did a uh, ribbon cutting back in April yeah. uh, with uh, Allegan County uh, Community Mental Health, uh, On Point is what they uh, call themselves. And uh, this is a really exciting project. Um, it's exciting for a couple reasons. And I guess, you know, the first one you know, when we talk about mental health and mm -hmm. substance abuse, there's a real stigma um, associated with there that. There is. Right. Now, we've come a long ways in the last we couple have. decades, we but we got a lot further that we need yeah, to go. I agree. And, you know, one of the reasons that it was important for me to actually attend the ribbon cutting is because I, I firmly believe that we all have a vested interest in trying to stand up in in – destigmatize you're right right mental health. you're right and if if, I agree. if we can have a ribbon cutting and it's twofold one you know we're raising awareness we're making sure that individuals that are in that community are aware that there are services and not only mm -hmm. are there services it's okay to ask for help yeah it right. is it's yeah, okay. It yeah. You know, so we're trying to fight against yeah. that stigma. Right. Um, I you agree. Know, in, in really the, the, the second component of, of that is access. Mm -hmm. You know, at every level, access is difficult with healthcare, uh, especially in rural areas. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. same thing goes with, with mental health um, and making sure that there's 24-7 access with that mm -hmm. clinic. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's going to be vital for that community. And that new building, it's I think around 37,000 yeah. square feet. Wow. Uh, it's laid out just beautiful. It's a real warm and welcoming place. It's going to make a big impact in, in that community. Yeah. Uh, at the ribbon cutting, I was amazed at the turnout too. Wow! I, I was. Community came out. It, it did. did I mean, yeah, we had a couple hundred did. people there. Wow! And it was you know typical April day, yeah. rainy, cold. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. nasty. Uh, but I was I was struck by the community turnout, yeah. and it speaks a lot to that community's character. Yeah. And you know, I'll take liberty here and say it might even speak to rural character I agree. in, in I agree. rural America. Character. That's got to warm your heart to go to places across the state of Michigan and rural communities to see 
you know, we had a huge turnout when uh, Director Turner came. And I mean, I'm talking hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And that's typically, I don't know, isn't that, uh, it's got to be warming for you to kind of know that what you're doing when you sign your name as a director has such a, a broad impact in those respective communities. It, it is. It's it's very gratifying. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting is either before or after the actual ceremony, just hearing the stories. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Access the local stories. Yeah, yeah. And then just the local stakeholders sharing, you know, the, 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 the beginning of it and just why and, and what the community was facing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's neat to kind of hear the whole history of how yeah. a project comes to fruition. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it is very gratifying. So director Fewens, let's talk a little bit. You, you, you talked about, access and in in specifically to mental health and that's important um let's talk about access to healthcare in general in rural communities you're from a rural community yep. uh you have spent the majority of your life in rural community in rural michigan all my life all yeah. your life yeah. yeah uh and you know the challenges associated with it so i'm going to ask you as a state director you know you hold a lot of authority to be able to do certain things to impact lives and I know, having spoken with you, that you do not take that lightly. That is that is a grave responsibility. But I guess I want to ask you a question of what do you see the role of rural development by the USDA in our community hospitals and in communities where you know and I know these hospitals are struggling? What, what do you think that could look like, I guess? Well, and we've used this word quite often today so far as partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We're, we're a partner of the community. And here's the other thing. You know, we have several offices spread out throughout the state. There's a good chance that our staff live in that right. community. In that community right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they're from that community. This is they're they're yep. fighting for their own community. Yeah. Right. And, and so we're a partner. We're a resource. Right. I mean, we can help. <clears throat> try to drum up different avenues for mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. potential project, make different connections. Yes, yeah. right. Um, we're, we're, you know, we are there. We're not yeah. there to, once again, come in with, with you know, this is how you should do yeah. it. But really just to see and, and, and partner up with the local stakeholders. It's their vision. Yeah. It's their dedication that's going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to be yeah. that resource and that partner to help them along the way. You know, and, and Rachel, I was, I'll have a little confession here. When we were headed to Lance, I'm like, oh, it's another suit and tie. You know, what, yeah, are, what are we right, going to deal right. with? I got to tell you, I walked in the office and I was super impressed. Yeah. You were, and then we left the office and we were like, he was awesome. No, we did. <laughs> and even our consultant from D.C., it was like, I've never worked with a rural director as cool as this guy. Did he not? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And he did. he's he like, and, and, but I, I want to paint the picture though for those listening. You know, you may be in a state where your rural director is a stuff shirt, but I'm going to tell you right now, this guy, you know, comes walking out of, he, he greets us, right? Yes. So yeah. that, that in, in itself mm-hmm. impressed me. Uh, he, he is laid back, but he's so knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. You know, he started rattling off in his own communities, hospitals that had gone through some challenges, and he knew them well because he had worked for the mm-hmm. senator. So I just want to say, you know, you bring a different perspective than I've experienced with the USDA office. And I want to thank you for that. Because well, that. as much as you looked at me and said, well, I can't give you the answer you want, uh, <laughs> but have you considered this and let's right. do that? And, you know, you should really look at doing this. Right. Uh, very valuable information, obviously. We came there with a ridiculous ask, um, but uh, but you had you know you gave us some some clear direction, but you were real, and and that really just speaks to I think that 
background that you come out of, you know, that rule development. So I, I don't think there could be anything as rewarding as working with a rule director who knows mm-hmm. rule right. better than you so, who are from rule. Right. Who is so <laughs> genuinely interested, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. it was a great conversation that we had and you were so engaged and asking us questions. And I was just yeah. impressed at how much you wanted to to know what we had yeah. to say. And we're so curious about some of the things we were talking about that you didn't have as yeah. much familiarity with that you were like, tell me more about yeah. that. You know? And I was so angry because the consultant's like, well, our time is up. But he was willing, Brandon was willing <laughs> to talk to us longer. Yep. Yes. And, yeah. and this guy is sitting there shutting us up. So that's why we wanted you back here today <laughs> to talk a little bit more. Right. And in this podcast, which was started for Rural Health Rising, uh, now on a national healthcare podcast platform for the purpose of elevating awareness of yeah. our rural hospitals. Because, you know, Director Fewens, one of the things that we talked about was the number of hospital closures slated over the next two years, over 600. And 200 are at immediate risk of closing right now, this in the next few months. That's scary. Mm-hmm. It is scary to think about what yeah. our healthcare product is going to look like in another two or three years. And and just the vital role that the USDA can play, for example, you talked about, yeah, you get picked up by the ambulance we funded. The police respond to the call mm-hmm. uh, of the police car we funded. Yep. And you come into the ER that we funded. But mm-hmm. think about it even more than that. How about, you know, the x-ray machine that you fund? Absolutely. And the devices and tools. How about the programs that allow us to take care of our patients each and every day that you had some hand in. Um, that's what's really incredible is is then you go outside the walls of the hospital, the streets yep. that the ambulance travels on that I know you've had an impact here in Hillsdale, city of Hillsdale as well uh, with some storm drains and some other things that the projects that we've been involved with um, and just the impact that you have as you look at all of these sectors. So when you drive by in a rural community and see the white and green USDA farm, there's a lot more yes. to oh, yes. USDA right. than just thinking about our farmers, which or is an important aspect. Or the sticker on the package mm-hmm. of meat at the store. Or that sticker yeah. that we think about is this USDA graded. And all those are important. Absolutely. Right, right. Yep. And, and, but, but the role that you play in economic development, I think, is one of the most critical roles for mm-hmm. sustainability of rural hospitals and rural communities. The right. money you've been able to infuse, in, infuse into cities and small communities, it's a game changer. Well, and, you know... The fact of the matter is, it is a scary time for healthcare in general, and mm-hmm. especially for rural healthcare. Mm-hmm. So we got to continue to find ways to brainstorm about, you know, how do we move forward? How do we work on new collaborations? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. out of the box is mm-hmm. there is there different ways that we can successfully move a project forward that traditionally might have not been an option, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've uh, directed my program directors do is let's look for out-of-the-box ways. Just because we typically have done something a certain mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. hey, if, if it's allowable under the regulations, yeah. if there's any flexibility, yeah. let's explore that flexibility. Right. Let's, right. you know, not necessarily pushing the envelope, but let's just but be just creative. But just getting creative, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in, yeah. in brainstorming. and, and well, That's what I've appreciated about your office the most is, you know, I would I would send uh, Haley an email uh, or one of your staff members and say, you know, we're looking at this project, and she would come back with, well, you, that doesn't qualify, but have you looked at this and this yeah, and this? It's and I'm easy like, to I get never to know. thought of that. Yeah, it's always I easy just to get that. to know and leave it there. Yeah, 
But Which we've experienced before. I'm right. sure you have, but you know, how do we get to yes? Yeah. Is there a way mm-hmm. to get to And I can tell that's yes? a culture you've infused you, there. Well, it's not just well, me. You gotta I, take I gotta, credit. I, well, you gotta I have, take to, credit. I have okay. to spread credit around <laughs> okay. a little bit. Well, okay. Uh, I, I but it comes big, from the leadership position. Yeah, I'm a big believer in, in, yeah. in getting to yes. Yeah. Um, you know, my predecessors were as well, yeah. so I want to make sure I give them due credit on that as, yeah. as well. But the entire team understands that we're going to do what we can yeah. to mm-hmm. get to yes. We're not always going to get right. there. right. You know, and but we're gonna yeah. we're gonna work hard at it, and we're gonna see about yeah. bringing in other partners. And you do that well to, to do that yeah. as well. So, so two quick questions before, yeah. believe it or not, we're out of time. I, yeah, so, I can't believe how quick this. I know. Is, right? So two quick questions. Number one, so your field offices. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about if someone's listening from Michigan mm-hmm. who says, "All right, I need to get a hold of the USDA." Do, do you have just one office? Or no, do you have we have uh, eight field offices. Eight field spread, offices. Yeah, throughout the mm-hmm. state and. Uh, you know, typical business hours, 8 to 4.30. Uh, almost always we have somebody at the office. If there's a walk-in, we encourage appointments, especially because if we know what you're wanting to meet about, we yeah. can probably hook up in advance the right person to talk to on our mm-hmm. team. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's why we do encourage appointments. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, we're open for business. Uh, so all your field offices are open? You bet. They're all okay. open. All right. and, so we uh, finally transitioned from the days of— Yeah, we have. We okay. have. Yeah, we're back now. All right. You know, our team does have telework capability, sure. but we will always have a person That's in great. one of our field offices from mm-hmm. 8 to 4. That's important. It is important. You have to have that face-to-face interaction. Right. Um, and we have to be accessible, yeah. and we will be accessible. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, part of the mission. Always have been, yeah. yeah. Yep. So the team is there, and they're ready to sit down yeah. and, and talk with that's your great. community. And Rachel, we'll put something in our uh, information uh, as we send out about how to contact mm-hmm. uh, yep. USDA. Yep. We'll and, put, um, we'll put some information yeah. for uh, for the for rural development. And for and those listening outside of the state of Michigan across the country, then they can go to the Absolutely. Sure in, in national that's, website. Being right. a national, you know, podcast, yeah. it's important to to, to state yeah. as you did earlier. Yeah. But but we have state directors and, and field operations yeah. mm-hmm. in, in every state. A couple of the states are joined together, some of the smaller okay. ones. Uh, but we even have uh, a, a field operation in Puerto Rico. Oh wow! Uh, wow. So we're we're yeah. you know we're trying to touch. So I just want to be the I want to be the guy or gal in Hawaii. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone does, but that's, that's right. my buddy Chris down Michigan. there, and, and uh, I'll take Michigan. I'll take Michigan. I but, know. Um, I will too. Yeah, but. Chris. Chris, uh, he's but the envy be, of everybody. So, have you ever thought about doing an exchange program? No, like yeah. you, well, right. you need to think about this, uh, President Biden. If you're listening, you need to tell your directors <laughs> that they can do a one month exchange around the states. There you right? go. How cool would that be? Yeah, no you can go to learn go to from Hawaii, each other, learn from each other, California during February. You know what would happen is I'd get detailed. Probably up in, uh, no, it'd be like uh, Alaska <laughs> in January for for like a sixty day detail, yeah, yeah. right? Ohio and, or Indiana, where the so weather is just the same. A, a nice warm, uh, right? And I'm up there freezing yeah, yeah. in, exactly. in Alaska, exactly. but uh, so, nothing so, wrong with Alaska in wintertime, folks. Yeah. So no, there isn't. Let's one last question, and I want to transition to politics. All right, which I'm not supposed to. Rachel says on this. Program, uh, I'm, but, I'm, I'm ducking already, but, but right. it's going to be a good one. Um, your former boss, yeah. is no longer going yeah. to be in Congress. Yeah, yeah. she's retiring. And, and I do sure. want to take this time. You have the most experience with her than any of us in this room. Uh, she has been a great friend to mm-hmm. healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's been her passion. And mm-hmm. it truly has been something that I've watched in my tenure here of nearly 13 years of how Senator Stabenow has you know, stepped up 
and sponsored some very important yeah. healthcare legislation uh, and also conducted hearings to accentuate some of the issues involving our rural communities as it relates to mental health, mm-hmm. some stigmas associated there, and just being involved in some of the opioid uh, hearings. Um, so in, in closing today, you worked for her for 20 years. Yeah. So she's going to be so done many here stories. very soon. Yeah, so right? many stories. So, I mean, I think you, let's give her some credit where credit's due um, in terms of highlighting her career and maybe just give us a little bit of uh, feedback on that and, and wishing her well. Well, I, you know, first and foremost, she's just a great quality person. You know, she cares. So, you know, today with politics, it gets so crazy. Right. All that aside. All that aside. She is just a good person. Something happens in your family, she gives you a call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when I was, you know, uh, two days before I got married, you know, she calls up, I answered the phone. She says, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to your, your, your wife to be. <laughs> you know, um, one of our parents passed away. She's the first one on the phone saying, Hey, what, what do you yeah. need? Yeah. You know, how you doing? Yeah. Um, I remember one time we got a big project done. Uh, it's actually a healthcare-related project. Uh, we were able to get a VA clinic up in Alpena, mm-hmm. and it took years of, of effort. And uh, a lot of people said that we weren't going to be able to do it. And I remember she called me up and she goes, "I want you to know that while I'm getting credit for this, I know how hard you worked on it." Wow, and that means a lot. It does. Yeah. You know, it makes you want to run through a building for somebody. It you does. Know, you're willing to, yeah. to to go all out, and yeah. that's what she's always uh, inspired with her team. And that's because she just cares. She's a caring person. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about, you know, her legacy to Michigan, I really think three things. Great Lakes, healthcare, and manufacturing. Yeah. Mm. Those are the three things that, in my mind, are etched in stone when it comes to Senator Stabenow yeah. in, in her work here. And, uh, you know, her, her efforts on each of those issues, you could write a book about. Yeah. You really could. But that's probably, you know. Those three things, yeah. if anything, is 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 a great thing to hang your hang your hat on in this state. Well, and in the the opportunity for her to go out in in this manner, you yeah, know, on her own accord. I'm thrilled, knowing for her. that she's you know entering a new phase of her yeah. life, and it's important. Uh, she's done a, a great service uh, to to healthcare in in our community, and uh, while certainly on a totally different aisle than I am on, uh, I can say with all sincerity in my heart that she has been very good mm-hmm. for hospitals and, and mm. the work that she's done to advocate for manufacturing, for the Great Lakes in general. Uh, to your point, politics aside, good hard, mm-hmm. good right. hardworking person uh, who cares and loves Michigan. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to the senator who will soon be retiring. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled for her. Uh, very excited. You know, 24 years in Congress. will be actually with her um, time in the House, will be 28 years total, but she served in the state legislature before oh, that. Oh, that's both right. on the she state was, Senate yeah. and state House. Mm-hmm. So she's been a public servant all of her life. And wasn't she in media? Wasn't she a no, television? No, no. I, I thought someone said she was a television host or something. No. 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 Okay. Um, no, I mean, she started out as a county commissioner. She, she was a, a social worker. All right. Mm. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the local county board was going to shut down the, the nursing home. And, you know, she was concerned about it. And somebody said, well, why don't you run? And so she took on the chairman of the board. Oh, who wow. Called her this young broad. Oh, wow. And really? And she beat him. Wow. Uh, and, you know, That's went awesome. on to save the nursing home. Wow. And... You know, eventually became and United States Senator from Michigan. Wow. So it all started with that. And, and that's a that's an interesting thing to just think about for a second is that 
you know, it seems like a lot of times it's like one thing that gets you involved with the community and you never know where it's going to go and no. what direction mm-hmm. it leads to. No. But it's just like there's something I think with most people that uh, are in some type of public servant role that there's one thing that that inspired them to to step up. You know, you never know where that leads you. I never would have thought yeah. that I would become state director of rural development. And here yeah. I am today. And here you are as a result of some of the people in your path yeah, uh, yeah. who have introduced you. Well, and- you, you know, I come from a family of of, of service. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad uh, is a veteran and, and yeah. was a volunteer firefighter. Yeah. And, yeah. and my uncles were involved with forming the, the local volunteer fire department that's back amazing. in the day. Yeah. And just service oriented. Uh, very service oriented. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's what I want to leave to my kids. Kids as well, yeah. that when they become adults, and it can look like it can take the form of so many different things. Whether you're active in your place of worship, whether you're That's the right. coach of the you little know of the little league That's team, right. That's so right. there's there's a lot of different ways to serve, and they're all extremely important. That's right, and uh, and the community's better for it, and you always get more out of it. Yeah, than mm-hmm. what you put in every mm-hmm. time. And that's one thing I've noticed in my life. Well, speaking of service, Director Fewens, you could certainly go to a Fortune 500 company and probably make 10 times what you make working where you do, but we can tell the passion and the energy that you have is second to none. And I want to thank you for your contributions to Hillsdale Hospital, to Hillsdale County, and to the state of Michigan. So thank you for your time today. It's been fascinating getting to learn about this. I hope you Come on the show again. Oh, I would love to. This, is, right. this has been All a blast. Right. And, and I really do appreciate helping to wear awareness of our agency yes. and what we can do it's for, important. for communities yeah. across the country. It's important. Yeah. So thank you for joining us today on Rural Health Rising. Thank you. And before we close, we like to do a fun segment with each of our guests. And... It's also a little lighthearted. And we have heard all kinds of responses from this question, but we want to know what is your most unique rule experience or something that is unique to rule life that you yourself have been part of. Now, we've heard of everything from individuals being chased to politicians by chickens and goats to individuals who have tractors pulling up in their their local hospital. So for you, what is your most unique rural experience? Well, for me, uh, you know, I... I um Fortunate to have a, have a little cabin that's on a tributary of the Manistee River. Ooh, and I'm for already me, jealous. that experience is summertime, campfire going, sitting by the river, some music going. That's life. Kids doing s'mores. That is life. That's life. That's I'm going to awesome. tell you, you know, when you're Doesn't punching the better. clock, that's what you're punching it for. You were right. right? That's right. what you're working for is to have those moments with your family. When you it's, smell the wood just Absolutely. Burning. Absolutely. And the you don't even want to put it out at night, do you? No, I'm, just I'm like, so pumped for the summer right now because that's all I, I can think about is yeah. getting out there and, awesome? and relaxing. But that, that means, I don't know, that's rural life for me. That's rural life for you. Well, you thank you very much for joining us today. Next time on Rural Health Rising, we'll have another great conversation with another great guest, so be sure to tune in. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. And you can now find us on Twitter. I'm at Hillsdale CEO JJ. Rachel is at Rural Health Rach. And you can also follow the podcast at Rural Health Pod. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, and a proud member of the Health Podcast Network, hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. For more episodes, interviews, and more information, visit RuralHealthRising.com. 